I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faithlift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. In the previous chapter, Nehemiah completed the gate, set the doors on the gate, and completed the finishing touches. The wall was complete. However, Nehemiah wasn't just here to rebuild a wall. He was here to rebuild and restore a people. The broken wall was a symbol of their broken lives, and Nehemiah knew there was more work to do. Terry, do you want to start us out by reading um, the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 8? Yep, verses 1 through 8 from the NIV. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the teacher of the law to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak Till noon, as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Anaiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. On his left were Pediah, Michel, Melchiah, Hashem, Hashbadanana, <laughs> Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatiah, Hodiah, Masiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jezebad, Hanan, and Peleiah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So according to Deuteronomy 27 to 31, the Israelites were instructed to remember God's covenant by proclaiming God's blessing from Mount Gerizim and potential curses from Mount Ebal. The, the piece that's important is this happened back right after Exodus. This is part of what happened in Deuteronomy. You'll find it in Deuteronomy. Okay, now this is going to be tricky. What is it? Gen- I always leave out one. Genesis, Exodus, Exodus Leviticus, 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 Numbers, Numbers Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. So it's the fifth one is part of the Torah mm-hmm. um, for the Jewish people. So this was part of what God established with them in the desert when they, um, when He pulled them out of captivity. This is part of what He wanted them to do as a way to remember. So Terry, do you want to go ahead and read? Just mm-hmm. we're just going to do a couple parts of it. Yep. Um, Blessings for Obedience, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. 
And then curses for disobedience, um, 28, 15 through 19. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. And you will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. And there's many more blessings, and many more curses. So he's pretty specific that if you obey and do as you're told, you're going to be blessed all over the place. Mm -hmm. And everything that he says will be blessed will also be cursed if you can't manage to keep Mm -hmm. yourselves in line. Yeah. Which is very evident by the fact that um, these people have been exiled. Mm Mm-hmm. And they messed up all kinds. Mm. And they didn't have to go through that, but they couldn't keep themselves straight. So mm-hmm. away they went. Well, it's consequences, right? If you adhere to the Word of God, I mean, these were God's people. He had chosen them and set them apart. And they knew that. So the consequence of not following His law and living under His blessing would be that they would live under mm. His curse. And he's very clear about that. Very, very clear about it. Yeah. Um, Rosemary, did you mention that historically, as a reminder, um, that the people stood on one hill and yelled at each other (laughs) back and forth? Is that right? Just yeah, they pronounced it. It was probably better than yelling, but they probably had to yell. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And they would they would read out the blessings on one side of a hill, Mm -hmm. and and it's facing the other hill. So there's like this valley, mm-hmm. if you think of it. People are on one side of the valley and people are on the other side. And everyone in the valley is hearing both, mm-hmm. right? It's just where they would come from was that tradition. I think it's so cool. It's mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. And honestly, like it almost makes it more insulting, the fact that they couldn't remember that. Remember that, that yeah. because they had literally been shouting from the hilltops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, these yeah, are going to awesome. be your blessings if you do this, mm-hmm. and these will be your your curses if you don't. Literally shouting from the hilltops. And they mm-hmm. still could not keep their house in order. Although, how many times have we said to our kids, if you do that, then X is going to happen, and they go right ahead and do it anyway. Right. So, you know, the heart of man... Wants, wants what it wants. What it wants. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I'm thinking about how many times I think I can get away with that. <laughs> right? Totally. The rule breaker here or whatever. Yeah. And you were saying, well, they didn't have to go through that. And it's like, yeah, maybe not, but maybe they did have to have those consequences of exile just so they could learn who God is, you know? And the thing we have to remember about it is that this was all God's plan. That's yeah. right. That God yeah. had has yeah. been using... The Old Testament and his people the whole entire time mm-hmm. to point yep. the way to Jesus. Yep. Well, all those laws were boundaries to keep his people safe so that Jesus would come from a people who had maintained their integrity, a people who had maintained their purity, their racial purity, their religious purity. Um, that was important because God's been promising this Messiah who was going to come from Abraham's mm-hmm. seed. Um and so he set those boundaries in place to protect the messianic line. I, you know what? I think reading um, 
verse 20 of the curses kind of puts the topping on sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke in everything you put your hand to until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. And so the ruin has come. They are in ruin. Uh, everything they turn their hand to, it's not prospering. They and are it, not prospering. And at it's all. confusion. They can't think their way out of yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And it's like complete. I keep thinking if this people had been perfect, then the story would have been, and they were perfect and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> really? And it I'm would like, how would story. someone like me have been able to come in? Mm-hmm. I really needed to hear this story of redemption, this story of, yeah, people make mistakes. Right. Yeah. People mm-hmm. make bad choices. Mm-hmm. And yet God still calls them back. God's still always there. God never left them. That's right. a piece to remember. God's yeah. a covenant God. Even in this, I think when we were reading, what I noticed is in the previous chapters of Nehemiah, Lord, it was just the capital L, and then the small case O-R-D. All of a sudden, in 8, it kept changing, and I was like, whoa, it's in all caps. So I called our resident um, person who knows all these things, Donetta, who's actually in another state. <laughs> but, and I was talking to her this morning on the way in, and she goes, yeah, that's the name Hashem. That's the word the Jewish people use for the covenant God. And that's the Yahweh that they, they mm-hmm. don't pronounce. We will say Yahweh, but it just says the name because it's so reverent towards him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it shows up like that in, in eight and continues on. And I was like, oh, there's covenant God. Mm, He's awesome. calling him back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things that they've talked about um, when Ezra stood up Mm -hmm. and read the scriptures and read and read and read and read. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the things that he read. And and we'll talk more about it a little bit later on because um, we haven't quite gotten there yet um, in Nehemiah 8. But they talk about all of the promises that God made and how he has been faithful to fulfill them. Mm Right. Right. So, so it's interesting. The people have not been faithful, but God has but been. God yes. has been. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So here's what I love about this um, little passage. Here is several times um, it is mentioned that Ezra is reading to the assembly, mm-hmm. which are men, women, and all who are able to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, he mentions women. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So God was not exclusive in this. And Ezra and Nehemiah were not exclusive in who was to to hear this word mm-hmm. and, and this law. That it, it applied to everybody and everybody needed to hear it with their very own ears. Yeah. Yeah. So what I know I'm looking at Suzanne and I'm like, so you have men and you have women. Mm-hmm. All who were able to understand, like, who else is left if you have all men and all women? I was thinking, like, maybe teenagers. Oh, got it. Kids. Okay, junior high age kids who could understand. understand. Got it. So the little itty bitties don't necessarily stand there and write it. Okay, thank you. I was like, (laughs) men and women kind of covered it for me. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Yeah. I understand that now in age wise. Thank you. So, um, in this homework, which we don't really talk about a whole lot, but in our insights homework, there's a lot of talk about Ezra mm-hmm. in this day. And I think it's important to touch on um, the historical significance of Ezra and who he was and what he stood for. 
Like why, you know, this is Nehemiah. This is the book of Nehemiah. And so far our story has been about Nehemiah, but now we're switching away from him and moving to Ezra. And um, so Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah in the original text was the second part of the book of Ezra. Right. They were connected. They were connected. It was all one. And so somewhere along the line, somebody said, well, Ezra needs to be its own, and then Nehemiah needs to be its own. Um, But still, I believe if you look at the Jewish text, um, it's still all part of the same. It really reads exactly the same, because I went and started to read Ezra, and I'm like, this sounds exactly how Nehemiah sounds. So then it's like, yeah, they were one. They they sound like they were one. Right. Instead of doing like act one and act two, it was split between mm-hmm. the two. Almost like Ezra perspective, Nehemiah perspective. Like they, they're not yeah. even talking about, I think they were saying like Ezra might have come before or after Nehemiah and vice versa. So it's like, this is the perspective of what happened in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and building the temple and the wall. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way I see it. So Ezra was the first to lead the exiles away from Babylon. Nope. Do I have that correct? Zerubbabel. 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 Ezra's the second. He's the one in the middle. Okay, there mm-hmm. we go. There. All right. Um, so Zerubbabel built the temple and the altar. That was his job? Yes. And so Ezra's the one who brings the people to God. Okay. And then Nehemiah does the wall. There we go. That was my missing link. <laughs> so I did do some more research into Ezra, though. Okay. And um, he, the people that he led back... Um, the distance between Babylon and Jerusalem would have been about 500 miles. But he and his group of exiles were closer to 900 miles in their travels. Because of the route that they took, Mm. um, it was an easier route along the riverbank. And they had elderly and children with them. So they almost doubled the amount of time Mm. and distance that they would have traveled, mm. which I thought was interesting. Mm, so interesting. he was compassionate um, when he was leading his people instead of, you know, making everybody just go Hurry. the short route. Yeah. Right. You know, he had old people and he had young people, and mm-hmm. so he was considerate of that. He probably uh-huh. didn't have a Calvary. Right. And it probably might have right. been, been too dangerous for him to do the same route Nehemiah did. Yeah, That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. Good yeah. Possibility. Um, he was a scholar and a teacher, and in Ezra 7.25, it says that he possessed the wisdom of God. Um, mm. So he was, he had the authority to speak this law over the people that are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just a guy who was chosen at, ran- chosen at random to stand up and start preaching. Preaching, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so he has some he has some significance here. I I wrote down um, about that that he appointed magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people of Trans Euphrates and all who knew the laws of God. And I I believe that if they didn't know the laws, that it right. was Ezra who taught them. Yep. yep. So um, yeah, so he is. 
he's not just some Joe Schmo standing up there going, okay, it's time to listen. You know, he's not the guy on the side of the road who's waving his Bible around right. going, you know, turn or burn, baby. Um, this guy has... I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> turn or burn, baby. Yeah. Okay. You know, this, he's, he's really, he's steeped himself in this and God has just really blessed him with wisdom. And, I'm still so. stuck on turn or burn. <laughs> I just want you to know my kids will be hearing that sometime this You've week. You've never heard that? No, I've never heard Oh, that. my goodness. I think it's hysterical. Probably kind of not nice, but I think it's funny. <laughs> it, it's one way to approach salvation. That <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's not necessarily. too, doesn't it? You know, yeah. lays it all out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could be the blessings and the curses. Turn or burn, baby. Turn or burn. There, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Rosemary, so same concept. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, one thing that I, I noticed when you were talking about Ezra, I'm going to get serious now, sorry, but um, is he had a heart for God's word. He had a yeah. heart to study it. You can't study at that level and not have a heart for it. And then the other part of that is, is you can't study and not be changed. Mm. Agree. So just thinking about him over his lifetime yeah. as this is continued it's pretty amazing yeah 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 that's i think that's very cool Mm -hmm. so how did the people respond to ezra and his not turn or burn but um (laughs) teaching from the wisdom of god Mm -hmm. like how did they respond to that well first it says they lifted their hands and they responded by saying amen and amen Mm -hmm. But then it says they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And I loved that because first it's like, yes, we're excited. We, we, we know you've got the truth. And then I think they're overcome with the reality of who God really is. And so they fall down face mm. to the ground. Because Boy. they've been standing. They've been standing up to this point for, for four hours. hours. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point, too. Yeah. <laughs> When I was going through this this morning, I was reading back through, and I it hit me like how often or how attentive am I really? Like if I'm sitting in church and somebody's reading scripture, or if I'm just sitting and reading, you know, through whatever it is that I'm reading, like how attentive really am I? Am I just reading it and going, oh, that's nice? Or am I really soaking it in and going, man, this is like the inspired word of God? And, you know, I think so often we're caught in the busy cycle of whatever it is we're going and our minds aren't still enough mm-hmm. to really process yeah. and really understand because um, I'll be real honest, like very, well, one, I've never stood for hours and listened to scripture <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> ever. Um, but it's not often that I feel so impacted by the words that I'm hearing that I feel like I should let, you know, be prostrate on the ground. On the ground. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty powerful. It is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And re- Regardless of your ability to attend, I think when God's word is read, it's alive and active. Mm-hmm. So it still goes in. So there's times that I might be reading something and it's like, I didn't quite catch it completely. Or like, I don't know, what's God saying? I don't get it. I don't, I'm not able to understand it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that God's word doesn't have power. 
it just means that's the way it landed with me today. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that seed can still work in me in a year from now. Yep. All of a sudden, it'll be like, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Remember yeah. that part where yeah. they said turn and burn? You know, or like, <laughs> or like I think well, that the that blessings and the curses yeah. in the Bible. That I'm is sorry, not in, in the, the Bible. Bible. <laughs> but it's like the blessings and the curses. It's like, right, oh, right. remember the blessings and the right. curses? You know. I think also to what's helpful. So, because a lot of people listening might be struggling with how do I do Bible study? Like that is like hitting my head against the wall. I can't do it because of exactly what you're saying, Suzanne. It's just not connecting mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, but it's okay to know that that doesn't have to always connect. Right. That you can have that faithfulness, and it still is that seed that gets planted in. Mm-hmm. And when God needs it, to hit, it'll come up. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we would all be better off if we could just sit and soak it in. But well, but that's what's so wonderful about a group like this too, or any time that we're in fellowship with each other is we're we're just kind of talking around the word of God, and in the midst of that, the word becomes alive and it can impact us. So I think fellowship's very important. It's important to be around other women of God who can spark that seed that's been planted in you. I think that helps a lot too. Oh, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you get different perspectives because Mm -hmm. we've talked about it before that God reveals different things to different people at Mm -hmm. different times in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, being able to have those discussions. So these, um, these people that were standing and listening to Ezra speaking, they didn't all understand what he was saying. And so the Levites went out among them and, you know, spoke to them and talked to them and explained it. Um, and I think that that's a very important part is that we're not always mm-hmm. going to understand it and that we have to go back and, and find somebody who can work with us to explain it sure. or find a resource. Well, because God has positioned different people in the body of Christ um, with different gifts. So we have teachers and evangelists and prophets and all of those things that we need to get um, a a fuller understanding. So you're not just left on your own. Mm -hmm. God has given other people gifts to help grow you up. Which we, so we have said all along, if we're going to use our commentary, we're going to say, you know, this is from our commentary. Mm -hmm. And then... um, like Rosemary just said earlier, so she called Donetta this morning. Yeah, you know, Donetta is just a wonderful woman of the word and has some great insights into a lot of stuff. And so she would be someone that you would naturally turn to ask. And for me, um, having this this uh, study that Dee Dee has allowed us to use um, gives a good starting point. I'm not good at just like plopping open my Bible and, okay, I'm going to study this today or, you know, for the next six weeks. But this guides me and helps me and points me to other scripture um, to, to look up. And yeah. this is helping me to understand. Mm-hmm. So... And this homework can be available. It's available to anyone listening that might want to plug in with us. Yeah, insightsbiblestudy.org, and it's a connect to our website. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys can go there. Right, or if you're on our website, we mm-hmm. connect right to them. There's okay. just a link that you, it's a different color, and you just push it, and it sends you right over. Yeah. So, so one thing about Donetta is she's uh, um, she studies under a rabbi. Mm-hmm. She has studied under rabbi under a rabbi, and so she knows a little bit more about the Jewish culture and mm-hmm. what's going on. 
what we need to do when I first saw her, I stalked her. <laughs> I did. Because you know what? She had what I wanted. I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what it was. Um, I knew I was in church. I was at a Bible study. I was like, okay, it's probably Jesus, but I don't know. You know, and so what I did, you should always have someone above you who is more mature mm-hmm. and can help lead you and, and kept drawing. So I just stalked her until she said I could come around and hang out with her. <laughs> and then, but you should always have someone who's not quite there either. Mm-hmm. That, it, because of the process of learning it, bringing it in, turning around and teaching it and speaking it out mm-hmm. and helping someone else is also a part of this process. This is about maturing. The turn and burn is the momentary thing, mm-hmm. right? right yeah. And it's fun. We're kind of a laughing desi- at it or something decision. like that. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, a decision point. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's right in the moment. But what God's after is this connection, this sustaining connection and growing. And a lot of times people don't come to Christ because they're thinking, um, oh, now I won't be able to do that anymore. But the truth is when you're a Christian and you just start pulling in God's word, what happens is it's like, I don't know that I want to do that anymore. That's right. That's what happens is the desire goes away. Your heart changes. To do bad things, your heart mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of what was going on with the people here. As they were then being instructed by the Levites, as they were going, um, at first it was like, yes, we have God, you know, the whole thing. And then yeah. it was like, whoa, yeah. this is what I'm in. And their faces are to the ground. Yeah. Right. I'm so sure that if I saw Jesus, I would just be on the ground. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I've imagined it different times. I can't imagine, I don't know, just all of a sudden if he was there, it'd be like, I'm on the ground. Like, yeah. I don't know. This is new information to them. For so many mm-hmm. of these returning exiles, this is new information. They yeah. are hearing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. They're not hearing it in their own Concept there, um, because of the fact that they've been captive. Well, a lot of them were born and raised in Babylon, so yeah, there's a different culture, much different culture. Um, so certainly, there were some older people Mm -hmm. around who had passed on certain aspects of the Jewish faith, but a whole couple of generations of people who had no real experience of what it was like to worship God or what God really expected of them or what He wanted as far as a relationship with them. And that's why the Levites were so important when they were among the people mm-hmm. is because they were able to explain and there probably would have been a language barrier. I think so because at that time, um, the Jews were speaking Aramaic mm-hmm. in Babylon but the Bible was written in Hebrew. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So they would not have been able to read it or for themselves, and they needed someone to translate. And there, I think, was so much um, cultural difference as well mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that that was... Yeah, I don't think there were very many rules of, you know, how to live in the Babylonian civilization. <laughs> Man, Babylon was one freewheeling place. I think so. Mm-hmm. Seven Wonders of the World, is that the Garden of Babylon, Gardens of Babylon? I think one of them mm-hmm. is yeah. one of the ancient... One of the ancient Seven Wonders. Serious party room. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Again, when I was going through this, this hit me, is that the Bible is not meant to be a mysterious blockade to keep us apart from God, which for so long... 
that's how it was treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is for everyone. And the Levites here are explaining it and saying, this is for you. This is for you, man. This is for you, woman. This is for you, anyone else who can understand. You know, this is, this is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And even in the New Testament, it's explained mm-hmm. over and over and over again, like who Jesus was and why he was the Messiah and why we need him and why all of this was necessary. So this should not be a big holdup for us. This doesn't have to be a big, overwhelming, heavy, burdensome thing to read the Bible. And there's a lot of exciting stuff in the Bible. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but here's, another, here's another piece of that. The advantage we have is we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm going to tell all y'all how to cheat in Bible study. I did this on one of ours. And, okay. and Listen this, carefully, because she is our spiritual leader. Yeah. So. <laughs> Listen, what you do is you get your Bible study homework out, get your Bible out, get your coffee, line up all your pens, and then you stop and pray and ask God to give you all the answers. <laughs> And he will. He's really good at it. <laughs> this does not work on your math test, it, however. I, I've tried it, but yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a, a did serious God story. Give you all the answers on your math test. So I was in college one time, and I had to do a. Um, this was a, a Bible course in college, and I don't know what the ones, but at the top of my test, it was an exam. One of the. I don't know what it was. It was a, one of the tests. And I wrote at the top of it, I go, I have the mind of Christ, so if anything's wrong, it's on him. Oh, how Rose my, <laughs> I know. <laughs> my professor gave me extra credit on that. He goes, this is good. I think that was good, yeah. Oh. And the other one was, uh, wow, I didn't know the answer to one of these, so I just kind of wrote blah, 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 blah. Not blah, 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 but just like different words and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said... Look, this is in tongues, so <laughs> I'm hoping you can interpret tongues. <laughs> and he gave me extra credit on that. He was, oh. a, he was a fun professor, but it's like, oh sometimes it does work in school, but it is best to prepare and study. That's right. <laughs> I will say that I prayed many, many times, God, right. I don't know this. You have to answer it. And it was like, the answer was, you better study. You should have studied. Yeah. <laughs> this one's on you, sister. I know when they talk about prayer in schools, it's like, they do not know what's going through the minds That's of kids right. when they're taking a test. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Yes. But it it doesn't have to be this book that's just out, you know, doesn't connect, doesn't do anything. Part of this is this is a book that you read when you engage with God. And that's kind of what was happening, I think, with the Israelites. We're going to see all the different phases that they go through. Whoa, they got it at one more level, right? And so that can be similar to us, how we catch God's word. We might just hear it and go, okay. And not understand it. And then someone comes in and we hear someone talking or someone who knows more or whatever. And then that next level comes in and we go, oh, this is God. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And they kind of get this concept of God. And so as we keep watching the Israelites, and it it continues on in Nehemiah, we'll just see these different levels of people comprehending and engaging God's word. And that's available to us too. We have Mm -hmm. all those levels. I think Mm -hmm. it's important to note that God's word never returns void. Yeah. So what he puts out there, which is a whole mm-hmm. lot here, um, he never lets it just float around and mean nothing. He watches over it to perform it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get completed. Whatever he said is true, and it has an end purpose. So I think a lot of times people look at the Bible and um, and they think, well, it's just a book of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And they don't mm-hmm. understand that it's 
it's a guideline in some ways to tell us that if we engage with God, He He loves us and He has made promises to us. And if we'll enter into those promises with Him, into that covenant with Him, then we're going to be His people, just like He claimed the Jews as His people. We're going to be His family, and He is going to take care of us, just like we take care of our families. And the the commandments and the things that we're when we're told to live a certain way is of no benefit to God. No, it's for it's our not, benefit. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like when you uh, tell your kids, don't run out in the street. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. It's not because you're being mean. Right. You don't want them to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's because they might get hit by a car. It's for their best and for their good. And so when God gives the commands... Um, there's a reason. Yeah. So at first it might look like it's just on the outside. It's a rule. So that's one level. But then the next level is when a kid goes, whoa, that's a car. Mm-hmm. That could hurt me. Yeah. It kind of comes in at another level. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a part of their heart where they're like, yeah, I don't. why would I want to do something like that? And my mom was right. My, my mom's mom always me. right. <laughs> Wait, remember that. That's important. That's right. That's very important. I've yet to hear that. You will sometime. My mom you is will always sometime. right. I've heard it. But it's so sarcastic when it comes out, <laughs> let me tell you. We have a sign that um, is in our kid's bathroom, and it says, if it didn't work, maybe you should go back and try doing it the way mom told you to to begin with. Ooh, yes. <laughs> love I love it. that it's in the bathroom. They have to sit. <laughs> We're kind of hardcore at our house. But yeah, God doesn't want this to be a big mystery to us. Mm-mm. No. And he does, he reveals things in time. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't understand it, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes that's so that we'll dig in deeper. Mm-hmm. So when you dig in deeper, what are some things that you guys do? I love, love, love historical context. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm digging in deeper, I'm going through those commentaries and um, mm-hmm. I have a, like a historical context study Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is what it means because mm-hmm. we don't live in the same time right? and we That's don't live true. in the same culture. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that um, the Bible has been translated many, 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 many times. And so all translations don't read the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic is there, but there are some words that are different and... Um, so I, I love to just find the the context of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really important when you're studying the scripture to understand who was written to first, right? That culture mm-hmm. and, and what was going on in history to really before we bring it into ours, right? I mean, you know, some, you know in the Old Testament it says that you shouldn't eat shellfish. Um, the context of that was because that they didn't clean it properly and it made people sick. Mm-hmm. So that was one of God's protections. But now we know about hygiene and we know about proper refrigeration. We have refrigeration, and yes. And cleaning and all of those things. So, you know, you have to know the context as to why God puts these things out. Mm-hmm. That's just a random... I would love to do a study on Leviticus because to me, all those laws... You'd have to learn about the history, and you have to know more about that culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. You'd have to set some serious time aside for that. Though. Absolutely, <laughs> I'd probably only get about six verses in, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I love that studying too, yeah. and um, these um, in our homework we have the digging deeper questions, mm-hmm. which I always love. And in my Bible, I have references, and so I'm always looking at the reference, and then that'll take you to a different verse, and then that one will have a reference that'll take you to a different different verse and before you know it you've you know perused six or seven different places 
books in the Bible and give you a big, fuller picture than just that one verse. Yeah, Scripture will confirm Scripture. And a lot of times in Bibles, I never knew this, the CF, that's Mm cross-reference. So what that's showing you, sometimes they have it like in the middle. I'm not sure where they're doing it now. Um, in mine, it's like more towards the middle and it, by the binder. Mm-hmm. After a verse, you'll just see this little verse that you could go to. Mm-hmm. That's a cross-reference in the Bible that'll yeah. confirm or help you understand this. The other verse you're reading. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I kind of have a mixture, too. I love commentaries. Um, and so I read a lot of commentaries and compare and contrast. But I also love going to those other scriptures. Mm-hmm. Anytime another scripture is referenced, I like to go and see because I love the way... God threads confirmation yes. through the Bible. This yeah. verse will confirm, that verse will confirm that mm-hmm. verse. Um, but I also would say I, I probably spend a fair amount of time praying about what I'm studying too and asking the Holy Spirit yeah. to enlighten my eyes and to give me the wisdom to understand what He's trying to say to me here, mm-hmm. um, to get to that still quiet place where I can really hear Him. Um, so I think it's kind of a combination of things for me. Um, I'm always a little skeptical. I grew up in a denomination where it was like, you can, don't listen to these people, don't read those mm-hmm. works. So I'm, I, I'm a little skeptical sometimes about those commentaries, and I'm very careful and methodical when I read through those. Um, but I do like a, I think you need to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so commentaries, scripture, cross-references, and then, like I said, just a lot of prayer about every single thing. Usually when I go to the Lord and I'm studying something, I do a lot of like specific studies. So I'll look, I'll do a study on grace or a study on forgiveness. Um, and so I'm, I'm more involved in a subject like that. Um, I've loved insights because Dee Dee takes books and I've never really just looked at books I've always looked at subjects. So this has been a stretch for me and a change for me, which I think has been really good because it's given me a whole different historical context, and and I like that too. I like that when you're talking about the subject. It's like you can catch the thread mm-hmm. that's going through, but then as you go to his words, you get you, you see it in a different way, mm-hmm. how this is showing up in a different way. And the index, though, let's say you're going to do one on forgiveness or anger, a lot of times Bibles will have indexes in the back, mm-hmm. and you can... Um, which is different from indices, but anyway, <laughs> which I was almost going to say, and then I did say it. <laughs> no, um, but they're in the back, and so if you have a topic, let's say you're struggling with you're struggling with anger, go there and just read it through, read it mm-hmm. through, and let God's word just go into you. And and also, they, you might get a verse, and so read it in context too is really right. important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in other definitely. words, just that one verse can sound very different on its own. So if you take, let's say, the whole paragraph that it's in, or just right. kind of understand the chapter that it's mm-hmm. coming from, or who are the people, um, be careful about just taking one verse. Yeah. Like, yeah. turn you, or burn. You, ha- you have to have it all. You have to have it right. in context. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not sure... Check it out with people. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering It was happening with the Israelites. So there's the reading, right? There's a whole lot of time outside of this. Mm-hmm. You know, where they say, did you, did you get that part about coming in and out? Like, what did that mean? You know, or some, I'm sure they were talking about it and trying to develop that next level of understanding. Mm-hmm. So. I love how God just makes his word alive even now. Mm-hmm. The fact that, this is what they were standing and talking about. Um, 
in 445 BC, and here we are in 2019, <laughs> yep. doing the same, doing thing. the same yep. thing, mm-hmm. in a much more casual atmosphere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thankful that we're not standing I outside, outside for six hours a day. Stand for four hours, and we have coffee. That's yes. right, <laughs> and indoor plumbing. Yeah, you know, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, an interesting thing. Um, I had a supervisor, and I said, "Well, how did you know that people are going to do this in psychology?" And she said, "Because the people in that book that you have over there haven't really changed a whole lot from the people that are right here." Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, yeah," and that's true. Mm-hmm. Ooh. People are people. Mm-hmm. God is good. He, he sure all is. the time. Well, does somebody want to pray for us as we wrap things up today? Oh, I do. Great. Lord, we just thank you so much for you. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you that um, you want us to remember you, Lord. We thank you that you are our covenant God, Hashem. Lord, we just um, ask the people who hear this podcast, God, that their um, hearts are quickened, their spirits are quickened towards you, God. We ask that they Mm -hmm. take a piece of scripture, Lord, and just at least try it, God, and just see what you have to say for them. Lord, we pray blessing on them. We pray your anointing on them, God. We know that your word will achieve what what you've set out for it to do, God. We just praise you, God. We ask pour blessings on all of the people listening, um, and we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ha, 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 ha.